Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Trial Time with Dean Watling. Dino, good morning. Welcome to Trial Time. Morning again, Gareth. We've got Jackson France joining us with the first season size after those trials there on Monday in Sydney. Jacko, hello to you. Morning, Gareth. It's great to be here with you and Dino. Jacko wanted just to get this off his chest. You can, Jacko, this is your show after all. You were frustrated. I know you, are you, I don't know if you're frustrated, but you wanted to bring this up in the debate and I forgot to mention it, but you can, you can have a chat to Dino about this. Yeah. So Dino put a tweet out about how amazing the coverage was in Sydney from those juvenile trials there on Monday at the Randwick Kensington meeting. And I just wanted to say how much of an embarrassment it is the coverage that racing.com and we have in Victoria of our trials. We're one of the leading jurisdictions in the country and we get outshone by Sydney by an absolute mile. And even in South Australia, I've got a few horses over there and the trials and jump outs are called, not the jump outs, the trials are, and the coverage is way better. So I think it just needs to be improved, Dino. I'm sure you're of that belief as well. Yeah, Sydney do a great job. Um, obviously, they have the coverage there and they sort of make it a, a really big day. Obviously, you've got the breeders and the gym crack, which come two weeks later. So it's a, it's sort of it's like a lead-up run, as you could say, uh, leading into that. And they really highlight those new season size. So I think there's improvement always going on around the grounds. I think Victoria, it's a, it's a good part that they can definitely improve on. And, but then I guess you look at the other way and some trial pervs and jump-out pervs prefer it to be really hard to find because then they get bigger prices. But I'd love to see Silk's uh, race caller and um, all the times and replays really accessible because the more information we have as punters, I think come race day, uh, we're going to bet more and the turnover is going to be higher and we have more confidence going into the meeting. So I think there's good improvement to come, but yeah, it was great coverage there um, by the, the team there. It's um, Sky and Racing New South Wales, the ATC that put on on, on Monday, Jacko. Let, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to add, like I obviously don't expect it to be of that level. That was outstanding coverage above and beyond, but as I mentioned, South Australia have their trials called by Brett Davies and we can't even get that in Victoria. It just does not make sense yeah. to me. And people have been banging on about this for years. When's it going to change? Mm. It's so important that we get this sorted. Yeah. All right, then. I love your passion there, Jacko. Um, let's have a look at these two-year-old trials. What about Heat 1? Straight Charge. It's a cult by written, uh, written by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Botton. What I found interesting with these trials, Dino, is that they were like a race. A lot of these two-year-olds were, were ridden right to the line. Yeah, well, for a lot of them, it's their first time under pressure. Obviously, the fresh two-year-olds, you've got to be really careful. They're going to be really volatile. So I doubt they've been put under full pressure at home. So I think it's, like you mentioned, it's sort of like a lead-up run to the gym crack and to the breeders. And you're not going to go to those races like sort of a late three-year-old where you know they've got ability, you know they can handle the races. So... Straight charge was exactly that. Put under immense pressure by Regan Bayless. Um, couldn't find any sales information about this horse. Uh, out of written by, but the time was outstanding. It was clearly the fastest of the morning. They ran 48.46 in the last 600 metres of 32.52. Albeit, it was the first use of the track, which we saw when the rail got moved, uh, the sort of the gates got moved five metres forward. The first trial, as soon as they did that, was the fastest as well. So what to make of that, I'm not too sure. But straight charge was great. Typical Waterhouse and Bot set up, put under pressure, responded really well the last 100 metres. And we know moving forward um, that that horse will find a length or two come race day. What about the cop by Pierrata? It'd be interesting to see how these Pierratas go. Um, how do you think they'll go? I think they'll uh, go. Jackson? Yeah, I'm really confident that they're going to go well early. Obviously, Pirata himself, Gareth, is by Piero, who won the Golden Slipper. And Parada is his best son. He won as a two-year-old and also trained on to 
win group ones out to four and uh, he was group one performed as a five-year-old. He's obviously beaten very narrowly by nature strip there in that all-age stake. So I ex expect the Paradas to go well early, but also train on to be um, really nice types in their three and four-year-old seasons. Dino? Yeah, so this Colt, obviously fearless out of Pirata. Um, first sort of look at this um, first season side here and what we sort of saw we liked, I, I think, as a trial perv. Um, really nice action, similar to uh, his father, really stretched out, showed a turn of foot. Only one of a couple of horses on the morning actually showed a turn of foot, which I think shows that they're mentally there. Um, was a $200,000 purchase for James Harron. It, it's a funny game, this game of racing. Harron had probably two or three million dollar plus lots, but I'd suggest that his horse that trialed the best on the morning was his $200,000 Pierrata Colt. So excited to see where he goes. Um, first signs of the Pierrata stock are good ones, Jacko. Yeah, I expect him, as I mentioned, to, to train on as well. And also, I must add, I know that his fee's staying at 44000 but this progeny on the ground now is from his time when he was in the Hunter, then Aquas Farm for the last couple of seasons. He's moving down to Yulong Stud where he's going to cover his first book there this season. So expect him to get some really good opportunities and then to yeah. improve moving forward. Especially with those broodmares that they purchased, the recent uh, broodmare sales. Let's have a look at um, the Snitzel Colt here, Dino. We all know how talented Snitzel is and what he's been able to do. Um, at stud and he's got one that trialed nicely there, Highness in Heat 5. Yeah, for the Michael Friedman and Tommy Berry combination, it was good to see Tommy Berry get sort of the Ks in the legs. I think he returns Wednesday week back to the races, so just adds to the stock of Sydney racing. Uh, this um, two-year-old Colt Highness was a $900,000 Magic Million buy by the James Hurran um, combination there. The dams... Uh, Diana's star is a half to dissidents. A really well bred. Um, I love the way this colt tracked up. There's a couple of things we want to know. Times are one thing with these two-year-olds. Action and the stride is another thing. And then sort of their professionalism now, the gates, another big thing. But he did everything right. Uh, when Tommy sort of went for him, he went. Or when he went left, went right. Um, he responded really well. Under pressure as well, which we wanted to see. Overall, the time wasn't anything special, but I thought it was a, a fair enough trial by Highness with his first time out. All right, then tell us about this Desort stallion here, Jacko. Yeah, so Desort, Gareth, is obviously a very precocious and fast two-year-old. He won the Golden Gift by five lengths before running second to Time Terrain in the Silver um, uh, sorry, the silver Slipper, I should say. He obviously had some issues and was retired after just the two starts. He was raced by Godolphin and was so highly rated as a two-year-old. So if he stayed sound, he could have gone on to win a Slipper and he stands at Newgate Farm for $11,000, which I think is a really good value fee there. And obviously that um, filly there for uh, Lady to Sort, Fatalic Lodge in Heat 6 was really impressive. Dino? Yeah, another winner for the Waterhouse and Bot. They had seven winners from the 12 heats on the morning. Um, you make a good point, Jacko. To Sort obviously showed this early signs of a really elite two-year-old and obviously couldn't go on it uh, due to injury. But... We speak of value, I guess, in the punting world, and I think it'd be very similar, you could say, Jacko, in the sort of breeding world. You're getting sort of a horse that's less exposed, obviously doesn't have the CV, but um, if it can produce horses like Lady to Sort. This was the first heat that I wanted to note of the Phillies. Um, she tracked up beautifully, and when Regan Bayless pushed the button, I loved her stride. She really lowered down, stretched out in her stride, and um, found the line. It was interesting. You can get a really good guy physically off a couple of these horses. A stable mate, Shiver Me Pink was right next to her and they sort of pushed the button at the same time. And Shiver Me Pink was probably half the size physically as Lady to Sort. So I think that's a big tick. You need 
a horse and you need room to move with those two-year-olds if you come to the races or to the trials sort of um, underweight um, and then you lose a bit of weight you can sort of go off track really quick so ladies of sort one to really note and um, I think Newgate will be stoked with the the pr- uh, production of um, to sort there. Dano talk us through a couple of these million dollar calls Espinage in heat seven and Bodycard in heat number seven as well so they competed against each other Bodyguard is out of Moss Fun and the Giddy Up Syndicate have got a done deal out of Moss Fun's sister. Is that right? Uh, sorry, a daughter. So we've got a uh, daughter dun- out of yeah, Moss. So we've got a done deal eye for fun, Philly. Sorry, which makes her a half sister to Moss Fun, the Golden Slipper. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so Tamuf is obviously the daughter of Moss Fun. $1.6 million cult is bodyguard. I think he was the highest priced yearling at the Magic Million sales uh, this year. His trial was good. Uh, time overall was fair. He obviously went to the line with Espinage. They sort of battled it out. Espinage got the better run on the outside and sort of found half a nose late. Uh, Espinage a $1.1 million colt as well. So some really high price yearlings go at it here. Time was fine. Action was fine. What I like about Bodyguard is, and we talked about this, is race sense. Um, he come from sort of leaders back and had to find a gap between two horses, albeit the gap was fairly big, but um, it's something that they got to learn and in racing, you're not going to get the one-one and the dream run every time, which a lot of these horses do get in these trials. But finding the line through a gap, it just adds to the sort of the professionalism of the horse. So both ticks. I wouldn't say they're the best trials in the morning, but um, exciting to see where they get to the the two high-priced yearlings, Espinage and Bodyguard. Now you're excited about Scampy's trial because he's by Blue Point, Jacko. Yes, yeah, so there's a little bit of bias there, but he was super impressive. And Dino can probably add more to that with his professionalism and the way he did it out in front as well and being owned by Colin McKenna's Halo Racing Services. He was a $750,000 yearling and is impeccably, impeccably bred. So I expect him to prove really hard to beat in the Breeders' Plate Saturday week, Dino. Yeah, he's a half to Smillion. Like you mentioned, Jacko, they've, they've paid a bid for him. So they've really put their chips in to the new season side of Blue Point, and they're going to get the rewards here, I would suggest. Um, time's the one thing on the morning uh, for these two-year-olds. But what I look for more is for the action, the stride of the horse, and sort of taking that into account with the time. And what I loved the most about Scampi was the, the stable confidence going there. They knew they had a horse. And, and then the second biggest point was the tactical speed. His horse showed really good gait speed, which probably an underrated factor in trials and going to the races for the first time. If you're a horse that can put yourself into a position in a breeder's plate and a gym crack, you're halfway there to winning the race. So lovely horse. Uh, every time sort of it found a gear and extended in the straight, um, it put another half a length on the rivals. Action was beautiful. Looked a really balanced horse and um, no doubt plenty of people will find this horse off the trials, but um Time was good. Everything was good. Uh, really excited to see Scampy um, go to the Breeders' Plate in two weeks' time, hopefully. All right, we'll run through, run, run through a few of the others, including the other horses in Heat 9. You had Voluntol Counterpart and Invincible Madison. There was a $1.2 million filly by him, Invincible. Run us through those three horses there, Dino. Yeah, Voluntol, interesting horse. Uh, was only one of um, a limited amount of horses that actually sat back and made good ground showing a turn of foot. So I really like that and don't worry about the time. When a horse is coming from off the speed, you're dictated to by, obviously, the leader's setting, the early tempo. So I love the the trial of this horse. Uh, found the line really well. Good action. Don't worry about the time. Counterpart comes out of the same heat as Volatile. Probably one to note, um, potentially, as a sneaky fine. I did a lot wrong in the trial. $180,000 purchase. But I love the last 100 metres. Really picked up and savaged the line. And then 
Throughout the day, uh, probably one of the most impressive fillies was Invincible Madison, $1.2 million filly out of the Group 2 play, Super 2, who was a half-sister to Super 1. Um, another one that sat back, come off the fence, um, went around horse's heels and then let down. That's all signs of a professional horse. Tomo overall wasn't crash hot, but this was the last heat of the day. So I think we can sort of take that into account, um, not getting first use. So um, all three of them, uh, ones that we can note. All right, then your top three rankings for the Colts and the Phillies. Yeah, Colts, uh, number one, Scampy, two straight charge for that impressive time and three for the turn of foot of volatile. Phillies, lady of the sort, the time, the action, everything was great. Two, Invincible Madison, just loved what she did coming off the rails, off heels and balancing up. And then three, Lady of Camelot, around really good time, albeit looked at a top there. So Scampion, Lady that's the sort, uh, probably the top two out of the Colts and Phillies. Hi, Jacko. I've had a look at a few yearlings by Written. Might be Written by it, Adelaide Magic Millions, and I was impressed what I saw there. What are your thoughts on this particular stallion? Yeah, he's a lovely stallion. He's made a great start. He's obviously imposing chestnut horse food. was very fast there when he won that blue diamond for Graham Begg. And as I mentioned, his progeny are doing the same thing. He's by a written tycoon. And um, yeah, I definitely couldn't knock the uh, written by progeny. We didn't do a fantastic job with their roster. So he's going to get every chance at success. Is it because in New South Wales, New South Wales Racing run their trials and publish them on their own website? Race of Victoria does it. It's controlled by the clubs slash racing.com slash channel seven. There's jump outs and yeah, Flemington and, and Cranburn. So it's done a little bit differently um, compared to um, New South Wales. But I think Victoria can change the way that they do their trials. Yeah, it's not hard. We just start, yeah, yeah fix it, um, fix the issue. Um, good on you, Jacko. Great Thanks, stuff. Guy. We might have to get you on every week. That was a superb debut on trial time. No, I appreciate it, mate. Anything that's uh, related to the breeding and bloodstock side of things, I like, and I'll leave uh, the rest up to the experts in Dino and yourself. All right, then, 10.30, let's take the news. Welcome back to Giddy Up 0499 736 to join our conversation. This is trial time. On this Wednesday morning, Dino Hylel. He's got another trainer, and you've got him as a star trial. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, not a star trial, but a horse I wanted to note purely because of that stable change. Obviously, with Hawks, when he, he was a two-year-old and a three-year-old, transferred to Tony Goblin uh, up in Queensland. Now he's back with Waterhouse and Bot and trialling at Rose Hill yesterday. So really interesting to see what they do with him. Obviously, he's a horse that comes from off-speed, and he was pushed out and sort of ridden up front. So... Um, anything that Waterhouse and Bot touches at the moment turns to gold. So it'll be interesting to see where Halal can get through this prep. What about Quantico? We know he's class. Yeah, he's a classy horse. And probably the biggest thing to note with him, his best winning chances for minor when he comes uh, to the races first up. So a smart trial, look for a second trial now. And he could potentially be a Sydney Stakes horse. Uh, sort of. He's not that Group 1 level yet, but just that rung below, I think he can knock off a nice race uh, this time in. All right, then. And the other horse that we want to... Um take note of at Rose Hill was Celestial Legends trial. Yep. Obviously big raps on this horse. One really impressively back in the winter, superb first trial back. He obviously wants further than 900 meters, but his last hundred meters when he was sort of pushed out was sharp, making up really good ground. He's down for the nominations for this weekend in the heritage stakes. I'm not sure if he will go there, obviously trialing on a Tuesday. Some stables do do that. Um, but it'd be interesting to see where he lines up. He's a horse who will get out over further this prep and, Look out for him. He could fly the flag as one of the top two, uh, three rods. All right. Your star trial is unexposed and exposed. 
Yeah, unexposed Gus Tissimo for the Ryan Alexio stable. Hard horse to pronounce, uh, but I really like the, the last 200 metre of this Geldings um, trial. He's that poister strike before being clicked up late and finding another gear. The trial was next to Fleetwood, the little pumper, and Celestial Legend are all winners. Um, he's hasn't he hasn't broken the maiden yet. So if you reference that off the trial, I think he'll be hard to beat wherever he goes first up. And exposed horse Kerbochi, interesting horse, not one that I tend to blackfoot, but this was a third trial for this five-year-old stayer. He obviously gets out over two thousand meters, but he's shown a really sharp turn of foot in his last two trials over thousand meters plus. So. Interesting to see where he goes first up. Chris Waller placed him, I'm guessing, 1,600 metres plus. And I think as a five-year-old, he's come back um, better than ever. Kabochi, so keen to follow him into the races first up there, Gareth. All right, Dino, top five seedings. We have to, you're on everything else on Giddy Up. We'll have to get you on the Wednesday debate. Um, your top five seedings, do you agree with me or Milo here? Amelia's jewel one for me. Parrot Trees, Brightside, Solcom, Giggy Kick. Milo, wish I win a Parrot Trees, um, tis, no, I wish I win Brightside, Tis Invincible, Giga Kick and Sunshine in Paris. Oh, that's a with, hard choice. Kamloops with Mr. Brightside. Yeah, I'd probably side with Kamloops. Just of what they've done so far, I think Amelia's Jewel potentially at the back end, or at the end of the spring week would be saying she's number one. But at the current, I think you have to have Brightside one. Two would either be I wish I win or Amelia's Jewel. I think three, again, Giga Kick or I wish I win. Pair of trees has to be in there and I'm not sure who else. Maybe a three-year-old to come up. Um, Sulcum. I'm yep. trying to think what other horses we have. Ah, put There's you on the spot there. Um, we love your work, Dino. I'm looking forward to the weekend preview. Golden Rose Underwood Stakes Day. Yeah, massive day. Uh, fields have just dropped and nominations and barriers, et cetera, et cetera. So keen to break it all down and look forward to Golden Rose and uh, Underwood Stakes Day for tomorrow for the weekend preview. All right, mate. We'll get into the form tonight. Thanks for that. Thanks, mate. So the fields have dropped for the meeting at Rose Hill on Saturday. Just going through some of the, the feature races there. Anyway, like the Heritage Stakes, there we go. Um, Albie, he's just asked, when's Barber commencing? Well, don't hold your breath, but he's down for the Heritage Stakes. James Cummings, have we got him tomorrow, Jimmy? I think we might. Um, I don't know. I'll chase that up. All right, then. Barber, namesake, Christelli, Osmosis, Celestial Legend, Nadal. Um, then we've got, um, in the golden pendant, a tissue espionist who gotcha. She's a belter, more secrets in the Shannon stakes. Um, it's an interesting race. You got crosstalk lions, raw Waterford, the golden rose militarized Shinzo cylinder. We read that field out before King Colorado, Don Corleone, Libertad, Moravia, NCAP, Butch Cassidy, Nadal, Snapback. General Salute and Charmstone. And then we go down to Mogo Magic, who is going around in that final event there on Saturday. The Kosciuszko third favourite. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Tom Wood from Hong Kong Corner.